Greetings and welcome to the Audio Tidbits Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy the show. It was 4.17pm a couple of Tuesdays ago and Charlie Checker was iPodding by himself in his office after school. He had just about talked himself into some homework time when things started looking up. He hadn't heard her quietly climb the ladder but the squeak of the door gave her away. She was a vision in a yellow polo with an iPod-stopping smile and auburn ponytail. Are you Charlie Checker? No hesitation, not a hint of shyness as she took the three steps to where Charlie sat on an old wooden box he had found in his grandmother's cellar. Charlie stood as he accepted her extended hand. Her shake was firm and her gorgeous green eyes never left his as he stammered, Up, well, yes, I'm Charlie. Charlie looked around the cramped tree house as if hoping things would suddenly change but it was still only a tree house and the old wooden box was still the only place to sit. He reluctantly released her hand in motion toward the box, A seat, do you want a seat? Please have a seat. In a single motion, she backed to a corner and perched easily on the edge of a small table where Charlie's stuff was carelessly piled. This will be fine. I don't take up much room. Please, let's talk. I need to talk with you. Charlie tried not to stare as he awkwardly lowered himself onto the old box. Okay, talking is good, is fine. You surprised me, I wasn't expecting you, expecting anyone. Sure, let's talk. You aren't like I expected. Since you are a detective and all, well, you are a detective, aren't you? Her green eyes never left Charlie's as she spoke. I heard you are a private eye or at least something like that. You are a detective aren't you? Charlie's breathing was nearly back to normal and he had that staring thing under control as he said, I help kids out sometimes. I'm not an official detective or anything. I just like to help kids out. I would like to help you out. Can I help you out or something? Her smile left and she looked away as she said, I hope so, I hope you can help me. It took a while but the story gradually came out. Her name was Terry Clark and she moved to Charlie's town from Alabama a month or so ago. She and her mom were on their own now. She didn't want to talk about why and Charlie didn't push. They were here now and she was going to Charlie's school. Things were tough but working out until a few days ago. That was when it happened. It was a math test. It was easy but that is not my problem. It's the teacher. Well, he's okay but this is it. He accused me of cheating and I don't cheat. Why would I cheat on a math test anyway? Math is easy. I have no reason to cheat. He accused me of cheating and now everyone thinks I am a cheater. Even my mom isn't sure. She knows I don't cheat but... It's awful. Her green eyes were still clear, daring Charlie to criticize, begging him to help. Can you help me? Will you help? I have to get them to stop thinking I'm a cheater. Do you think I'm a cheater? You don't think I'm a cheater, do you? I can't stand people thinking I'm a cheater. It took a while but Charlie finally got the rest of the story. He had heard it before. The girl in the seat across the aisle from Terry copied from Terry's paper, getting the same questions correct as she did but also getting the same two wrong. Their mistakes were exactly the same. The teacher didn't know Terry very well yet so asked the other girl about it. She said Terry must have copied and it all got worse from there. The teacher confronted Terry. She denied cheating. The teacher said she must have cheated. Terry just quit talking. 
There were a few other students who heard this and the story was quickly all over the school. The new girl was a cheater. Terry spoke quietly but directly as she said, Can you help me? Please help me. Terry yelled, Hey Charlie, as she climbed the ladder to his office and gently opened the door. Her green eyes were still gorgeous, her ponytail was still bouncing, and her smile lighted up the old tree house. This time, Charlie was expecting her. It had been almost two weeks since Terry's first trip up the ladder to talk with the detective and Charlie was anxious to know how their plan had worked out. She had sent him a TXT earlier that day saying only, see you at 4k, Charlie had replied, k and now she was there, perched again on the edge of the old table. Following their first meeting, Terry had gone to her teacher and stuck to Charlie's first rule. She only talked about herself and her problem. She did not mention the other girl. She then followed Charlie's second rule for problem solving. She calmly presented the facts as she knew them. I had studied for the test and was ready to take it. I did my own work as well as I could. I did not copy off anyone. When I finished, I turned in my paper as you had told us to do. This is what I know. I turned in my paper with my work, only my work. Terry then moved to Charlie's third rule. She told the teacher why it mattered. I don't want you to think I am a cheater. I am good at math and want to be able to show that to you. The other kids now think I am a cheater too and that is hard for me to handle. It was then time for Charlie's fourth rule. Propose a solution. I would like a chance to show you and the other kids I am a good math student and do not cheat. We have another test coming up. For this one time, I have this idea. Since the test only takes part of the class time, my idea is for me to sit quietly by you at your desk while everyone finishes the test. Once everyone has turned in the test papers, I will stand and you can ask me the questions. I will work them on the smart board, letting everyone see my answers. If I do well, everyone will know I am good at math. If not, everyone will know that too. Charlie asked, well, tell me. How did our plan work out? Did following the four rules for problem solving work for you? Terry grinned as she said, pretty well. My teacher went along with our plan. I think he believes I'm not a cheater and most of the other kids are down with that too. There are still a few who. Well, that's a lot better than it was when I first came to see you. And my mom, she knows for sure I'm not a cheater. I'm Charlie Checker, detective, and I approved this report. It was Saturday again and Charlie was on the final rung of the ladder headed up to his office when he heard the laughing voice, Hey, Charlie, I'm coming up. He didn't have to look to know that voice. It was Terry Clark, his new partner. Charlie helped her out a while back with the little problem she had with her math teacher. It turned out to be mostly a misunderstanding but Charlie's advice saved the day. At least that's how Terry remembers it. Even better, they instantly connected. Terry hooking up with Charlie to help kids with their problems was the outcome. Charlie climbed the last step into the old tree house and waited for Terry in the doorway. There she came, still a vision with gorgeous green eyes, a heart-stopping smile and auburn ponytail. She poked Charlie's arm as she slipped past him into his office. Before Charlie had a chance to turn around, Terry said, you'll never guess what happened. Charlie took his usual seat on the old wooden box he had found in his grandmother's cellar as he said, as excited as you are, it must be something pity, well it must be something. 
Terry perched easily on the edge of the small table in the corner of their office where Charlie's stuff was carelessly piled. We have a new client, Terry excitedly said. Here's the part you aren't going to believe. You know Jamie Bullock, right? Charlie broke in, Jamie is our new client? What's his problem? Before Charlie had a chance to continue, Terry said, well, no, not exactly. Our client is not Jamie, it's his father. Can you believe that, Jamie's father asked me if we would help Jamie? Charlie struggled to find some words for it. An adult wanting them to help? No way, he finally stammered. Yes way and he offered to pay us. He asked me what our usual fee is for helping kids. Can you believe it, he wants to pay us, Terry could hardly stay perched on the rickety table waiting for Charlie's take on her news. Charlie asked, what's the deal, what's up with Jamie? He's an okay kid. I don't know him very well but I talk with him sometimes. He seems okay to me. What kind of problem could he have? What kind of problem could he have his dad would want to pay us to help with? Terry was quieter as she said, it's Tony and Tim Brown. Jamie is having a problem with them. Charlie just nodded as Terry continued, Jamie's father talked with the twins' parents. It got better for a while but they are back up to it. They don't bother Jamie at school but hassle him whenever they see him in the neighborhood and there aren't any adults around. They don't do anything real bad or anything. They teased him and, well, they just torment him. Jamie has gotten to where he doesn't want to walk back and forth to school and won't go outside anymore. He just stays in his house. His father is worried about him. Charlie glanced around the old tree house, thinking about Terry's news. He said, Tony and Tim are ill jerks sometimes but why would they hassle Jamie? They are two or three years older than he is. Why would they hassle a little kid? Terry gave Charlie a little shrug as she said, who knows. The twins aren't very popular, they don't have many friends, none I know about. They are only a year older than Jamie. Jamie just seems a lot younger. They probably torment him because they are mean and like to see him get upset. Charlie said, it must be pretty bad if Jamie won't go out of his house and is afraid to walk to school. I know he's blind but he gets around pretty good. I've seen him playing with his dog in his yard and I see him sometimes on the way to and from school. I just rushed by without saying anything to him most of the time. He doesn't seem very friendly. He never speaks. The two detectives didn't have any quick answers but agreed to think about Jamie and his problem. They would talk about it some more the next time they got together. It was Tuesday before Charlie and Terry had a chance to get together again. They were back in their office, Charlie sitting on the old box and Terry perched on the table in the corner. Terry said, I saw Jamie's father at the Dairy Queen. He couldn't say much since Jamie was there too, but he asked if we were going to help with Jamie's problem. I told him we were thinking about it and would be having a meet about it soon. He only nodded since Jamie was coming back with his ice cream. They were both quiet for a while and then Charlie said, I've been thinking about Jamie. I haven't tormented him or anything but I haven't been very nice to him either. I act like it is his fault he doesn't speak when I rush by. It's like I expect him to say, hi, Charlie. How are you or something? How is he supposed to know it's me or even if someone rushes by? It's pretty noisy along the street. No, I haven't been very nice. I'm feeling pretty bummed about that. Charlie could barely hear Terry when she said, me too. I haven't been very friendly either. 
I usually say, hi, as I rush by but I doubt if he knows who I am or even hears me most of the time. Charlie said, I haven't figured out anything to do about the twins but I can be friendlier. We could both figure out how to be friendlier. That would be a start. Terry nodded and said, we can at least do that much. I feel bad about how I have treated him too. We both see him every now and then. Maybe we can at least be friendlier when we see him. It was the next day after school and Charlie was rushing home to meet Terry in their office. He rushed past Jamie as usual, barely speaking. He suddenly stopped and turned to look at Jamie. He was making his way along the sidewalk, his cane tapping to help him find his way. As Jamie got closer, Charlie said, Ha Jamie, Jamie didn't answer but kept walking toward Charlie. For a moment, Charlie thought Jamie was ignoring him. He then remembered and said, Ha Jamie. It's Charlie Checker. Would you mind if I walked with you a while? Later, Charlie was relating the story to Terry. She asked, So what did he say? Charlie said, I think he was surprised. At first, all he said was, it's okay but we walked a while and I talked some about school and asked him what he thought about school. He didn't talk a lot but when we got to his house, he tapped the mat his dad put on the sidewalk and said it was his house. I told him it was nice talking and he just said, thanks for talking, and went on into his house. Terry said, that was nice, you telling him your name. Maybe he would be friendlier if we did that so he knew it was us. Over the next couple of weeks or so, Charlie and Terry didn't go out of their way to talk with Jamie but made a point to say, hi, whenever they saw him and always said who they were, even after Jamie seemed to recognize their voices. They did this at school as well as in the neighborhood. They didn't become best buds with Jamie or anything but enjoyed talking with him now and then. They still didn't have a solution for the Tony and Tim problem. It was another Saturday over a month after Jamie's father had first approached Terry. Charlie and Terry were relaxing in their office when they heard someone knocking on the ladder to the tree house. Charlie, Terry, are you up there? Charlie went to the door to look down to see who was there. It was Jamie's father. He said, may I come up for a minute? I have some business for us to finish up. Charlie said, sure, as he glanced over at Terry. They both wondered what Jamie's father could possibly want. With a little extra effort, Mr. Bullock made it up to their office where there was barely room for the three of them. He said, I am here to thank the two of you and to pay you for the work you did. Jamie is getting along a lot better and even the Brown twins are not bothering him as much. Mr. Bullock went on to explain, Jamie is happier and I think it is not as much fun as it was to torment him. The twins are still not very happy children but at least they are mostly leaving Jamie alone. The best part is Jamie has made a friend. He and Robbie, the boy three houses down, are hanging around a lot and seem to enjoy each other. They play with Jamie's dog and like to spend time playing games and doing computer stuff. Jamie has things that talk to him or are marked so he can play. I don't know how it will work out but I have my fingers crossed. Robbie is the first real friend Jamie ever had. Mr. Bullock swallowed a little and then said, I am here to thank you. I don't know how you did it but quite a few kids started speaking to Jamie and for some reason got in the habit of making sure he knew who they were each time they talked. It was a little thing but Jamie got more comfortable and he now has a few kids he hangs with some. Not a lot but some. I don't know how you did it but whatever you did, it worked. 
I think the Brown twins started leaving him alone because he started ignoring them and not reacting when they hassled him. Anyway, Jamie is happy and so am I how much do I owe you? Terry looked at Charlie who just nodded. Terry said, you don't owe us anything Mr. Bullock. We have enjoyed getting to know Jamie better. We don't hang around a lot or anything but he is a nice kid. We are happy to know him better. Mr. Bullock fussed a little about paying them but finally said, if you are sure, thank you. You made a lot of difference for Jamie. His mother and I truly appreciate everything you have done, he then carefully made his way back down the ladder. Neither Charlie nor Terry said anything for what seemed like a long time. Charlie finally just shook his head and said, I don't know what we did but I guess it worked out just dandy. Terry smiled and said, yep, just dandy. We are Charlie Checker and Terry Clark, detectives, and we approved this report. Charlie and Terry were hanging out after school in Charlie's tree house, as usual. Charlie started his detective work a while back, but lately he has mostly been helping kids with their problems. Terry recently joined Charlie as his partner, after Charlie helped her with a little issue she was having with one of her teachers. It has been a couple of weeks now since they helped Jamie Bullock with the problem he was having with the Brown twins. It was Charlie's turn to spring the news on Terry. The last time, Terry was the one telling Charlie about Jamie Bullock's father asking Charlie and Terry to help Jamie. This time, Charlie had a news flash for Terry. Charlie was sitting on the same old box where he always sat when he and Terry discussed a case. Terry had her usual perch on the rickety table in the corner. The tree house didn't make a great office, but Charlie and Terry were pretty pleased with their digs. It worked for them. Charlie took some time getting around to springing the news on Terry. Ever want to be a teacher? Terry frowned as she said, well, sure but not all that much. Why? Charlie couldn't keep from grinning as he said, we've been asked to teach a class. The guidance counselor, you know, Mrs. Lewis, said she was talking with Jamie Bullock's father who told her about how we helped Jamie with the problem he was having with the Brown twins. Anyway, she said she was impressed and asked if you and I would talk with a group of fifth graders about getting along with other kids and stuff. Terry nearly lost her balance as she leaned forward to say, no way. Charlie could hardly keep from laughing as he said, like you say, yes way, and she wants us to do it a week from this Thursday. Terry was flabbergasted. Charlie sometimes was at a loss for words but never Terry. She was the talker in their partnership but not this time. She finally found her voice and said, what are we supposed to say, what will we talk about? We just get up in front of all those little kids and tell them how to get along with other kids? Who does Mrs. Lewis think we are, teachers or something? I sure don't know how to teach kids and don't think you do either, do you? You'll just have to tell her, no way. Charlie and Terry went back and forth for a couple of days about it, sometimes wanting to talk to the kids and other times being sure they definitely didn't. They went together to tell Mrs. Lewis, no, to their surprise, she just smiled and said, I am disappointed. I was hoping you would talk with the class but understand you have not done this before and are probably a little afraid to take on this new challenge. I will help you prepare and will be there so you won't need to worry about having difficulties. I think you will do fine, but if you are reluctant, I understand. How can I help so you feel more comfortable about talking with the class? Charlie and Terry both squirmed some as Mrs. Lewis waited. 
The partners glanced at each other and Charlie finally said, Well, maybe, I don't know but maybe we could do it. Mrs. Lewis turned her attention to Terry who quietly said, He's right. Charlie's right. Maybe we could do it. If you help us, maybe we could do it. Charlie and Terry spent most of their free time and twice after school with Mrs. Lewis getting ready for the big day. It was finally here. Charlie and Terry took turns talking as Mrs. Lewis clicked the slides in their PowerPoint. Slide 1, a young boy smiling at a cute kitten as he stoops to gently stroke its fur. Caption, be nice. Terry said, to get along better with other kids, be nice. This means you are friendly and don't say mean things or do anything that hurts someone. You are a nice person, and you let other kids know you are nice by being nice to them. Be as nice to other kids as you would be with a little kitten. Slide 2, a young girl holding the door for a child on crutches maneuvering into the classroom, caption, be polite. Charlie said, to get along better with other kids, be polite. This means you take your good manners with you everywhere you go. Please and thank you are magic words to use as much as you can but taking your good manners with you is a way bigger deal. Don't push. Don't shove. Take turns. Don't bully. Don't mess with other kids stuff. Be considerate of other kids feelings and help out when you can. You know how to be polite. Use your good manners wherever you are, with everyone. Slide 3, 5 children pushing a wagon containing a very tall box, with one child pulling the wagon two pushing, and one on each side steadying the tall box, caption, be cooperative. Terry said, to get along better with other kids, be cooperative. There are two kinds of cooperation. One is working together to get something done like the kids moving the big box or like when you are on a team. Unless everyone cooperates, it's not going to work out very well. The other kind is called compromising, that's when each person gives in a little so you can come up with a solution to an argument or disagreement. Both kinds of cooperation are important ways to get along better with other kids. Slide 4, two children with one sitting at a desk and the other leaning over pointing to a paper, showing the child how to do a math problem. Caption, be dependable. Charlie said, to get along better with other kids, be dependable. This means you do what you agree to do like helping a friend with math, if you say you will. This is called keeping your word, you are dependable when you promise to help out and then really help. It is a lot more too. Other kids can count on you to keep your word. You don't just keep your word if you feel like it or don't have anything else to do. It's your word and you keep it. Slide 5, a slide with smaller images of the first four slides, two on top and two on the bottom. Caption, summing up, Terry said, to get along better with other kids, be nice, be polite, be cooperative, and be dependable. There are more ways to get along better with other kids but Charlie and I thought four would be enough for today. We hope you remember these four tips and use them whenever you can. Here's a bonus tip. Being nice, being polite, being cooperative, and being dependable also work for getting along better with teachers and parents. Give it a try. Thank you for listening to us. We are Charlie Checker and Terry Clark, detectives, and we approve this report.
Music by Kevin McLeod.